Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John, I hear that Seek was pretty pretty cool. It was, yeah. man. It was awesome. I'll tell you what, it, there's nothing that will bring joy to your life more than going and being surrounded by 17,000 other people and hundreds of priests and sis, sisters and mm-hmm. young people that are just on fire for their faith, man. I, I'll tell you, you're sitting there, in the. it was in St. Louis at the old stadium where the Rams used to play. And, you know, I've got a video I think I put on Facebook of, you know, like five, I don't know how many, it was hundreds of priests and like, you know, several bishops, 30 bishops, something like that. And, and seminarians. And I mean, it would take 10 minutes to process into mass, you know, and the incense going everywhere. And you see these young people and just the concerts and adoration, seeing all these young people laying prone on the floor and just, just it, it revitalizes you. When people say, man, the church is, the young church is dying or our church is dying with young people. They're wrong. You need to go someplace like Seek and see it. So we had a, you know, a great opportunity to have a booth. Um, it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. I stood there. <laughs> Every speaker came up and was like, dude, you need to take breaks. And and I just was enjoying being there talking to all those people. But I almost wound up losing my voice completely. It was the day that we're supposed to do the podcast. And um, somebody gave me some water from Lourdes and and they said some prayers over my throat. The voice came back long enough to do the podcast with Brian Roberts, the seminarian that uh, an ex-focus missionary I invited on. So it was a great opportunity just to be there. The, the show was received well. Uh, you were missed, my friend, mm-hmm. as always. But uh, you know, it's just a wonderful week to connect with all my buddies that are speakers and people I don't get to see often. But also so many new young people that I think uh, young adults are going to be listening now and. Had a lot of, uh, of of those young adults come up and say, man, my dad loves your show and take pictures and sold a lot of merchandise, all that yeah. stuff. We have these new shirts come out. Um, Lucy, who works with us, made this new design. You know, we've always had this quote, um, the world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So she built this new take on it. It's got our logo on the back of the neck, uh, and it was a hit. We sold a bunch of those, and uh, those are now on our website, by the way. I had a lot of people – in uh instagram and facebook come on and say where can i get the shirt where can i get that shirt it's awesome so now i put it up saturday it's on our website you can go to just a guy on the pew.com and then click the shop button it'll pull up all the stuff we sell you'll see this shirt there we got plenty in medium large extra large and double extra large so they're 25 bucks all of it goes to support the ministry go ahead and order them because we bought a lot we sold a lot but we got a lot more left we're going to carry to men's events and things, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a super comfortable shirt. It's actually kind of ironic because the brand is comfort colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it says you're not made for comfort, but certainly you can wear one and feel they comfortable. Buy comfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. right. So Lucy and I were laughing at that, mm-hmm. but it's a brand that, you know, a lot of the young, young adults there like apparently, and it is, it's super comfortable. I've had this on a couple times now and washed it and it didn't shrink and feels real comfortable. So guys, you can, you can pick up this shirt there along with rosaries, koozies, mugs, uh, other t-shirts, all kind of stuff we've got there. If you want to support the ministry in that way and then sort of rep some of the stuff. Cause you know, if you like the show, you're like me, I want to support it and wear stuff that, uh, like I love the Grizzlies. So I right. like to wear Grizzly stuff or Memphis Tigers or whatever. Same kind of thing here. But so plus you, shout out for Brian, you know, he's stepping right. in. He did a good oh, job. Oh dude, Brian, yeah. 
Yeah, he was a little nervous, man. Yeah. Like I remember, I even actually said something in the show. Are you still nervous? And asked the people watching to clap yeah. for him um, that were in the audience because he was nervous. But he did a great job to to step in there and never have done anything like that mm-hmm. before uh, and to openly share. You know, I like to try to get people to be vulnerable and open. Right. And he shared a lot of what that was like and uh, did a fantastic job. That should be coming out, by the way, on the Seek Podcast app. So if you want to hear that show, they're releasing them because there were so many shows a few a day, but it's actually called The Seek Podcast. So go to your podcast platform, download that, and within a few days you should hear that episode with with Brian and myself. But, yeah, it was an awesome time. So thankful for Focus and everybody else that invited us um, and gave us an opportunity to do that and, and got to connect with so many people. So it was great. Uh, two, I want to talk about donations. Look, we are trying to grow this year. And we're trying to hire people. We're trying to help have some help on the video end. There's other conferences like Seek we want to go to that cost money. Um, it costs a lot of money to have tables and booths at these things. So we need to raise that sort of money. But also, we're trying to build so that we're not just dependent on our uh, speaking engagements to run everything. That, that we know if there's months where we don't have time or I write a book or something like that, which a lot of people have asked me to do, that I don't have to worry about whether or not bills are going to get paid. That's why we need the money to move forward, to build, to grow, uh, to expand so we can get into more parishes and help more men find our Lord and each other in these groups that we've started. In 2016, we started 15, 16 groups you know, that are still going to this day and are really helping a lot of people. We're continuing to walk with those groups as they need us. And we're seeing these areas and these parishes be transformed by the men rising up. And so we want to do more of that. We want to do two a month, but there's going to be some months where that doesn't happen. And that's where it is so vital to have the support that we need and the donations that are coming in on the regular. So that's why you hear me talking a lot about donations. Look, there's a lot of shows and things out there that have Patreon and all those things where you can donate. And and really you're donating, but you're not getting anything back for your money. Maybe a mug or something like that in content. You're getting that, but... With this, you actually get donation letters, right? You're, you could take it off your taxes. There's a lot of things. And you know that that money is going right back into the ministry to build other groups and other places for men to come and know our Lord so we can change this world by changing the men who then influence the rest of, of, of our society, right? I can't tell you how many wives have sat there and said, I'm waiting for my husband to become the man that, he's, that, he, that I thought I was marrying or that I thought he was going to be. I'm waiting for my father to, to, to be more of a spiritual leader in our family. Right? We need this. And I, God knows our pastors and our, and our priests are waiting for the men of the parish to stand up and to start living in the light that God has called them to. And so that's our mission is to go out there and do that. But donations every month help. So we're looking to raise, by March, 50 new people that are given at least $100 a month. That's not to say we don't want 25 or 50 or anything else, but that helps us get to the goal that we're looking to achieve. So if you're somebody out there that can give at that $100 level or more, please come and join us. I'd be glad to get on a phone call with you, share more about what we're doing. You can shoot me an email. We could talk about it at justaguyinthepew.com. Or excuse me, justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. Uh, of course, we'll take any donation of any amount, but these are important. I wanted to share with you why and what we're looking to do this year is to expand and to grow so that we can reach more people with what we're doing. So the last thing I want to say is just thank you to all those in 2022 that did donate. Thank you for all those that sent letters of of uh, support and things like that. All those things matter to us. Thank you for praying for us. Um, we are looking to book more missions in 2023 and into 2024. 
Uh, we've got quite a few booked in January, February, and March, but we have openings beyond that. Uh, so if you are a guy out there that wants to start something in your parish, you have plenty of opportunities this year to do it. Let's get on a phone call. You can do that by going to justaguyonthepew.com. Go to events and book me. Fill out the form there. Lucy and I will get that. One of us will reach out and we'll start the conversation about how we can come and help build a place for you to walk with other men that will be transformed into your parish. So again, you can reach out at justaguyonthepew.com to the book me page, fill out the form, and we'll be in touch with you. Guys, it's just every one of us is called. If I saw something from Seek, their theme this week was you are called. And all these young people, Victor, were sitting there trying to discern their call looking to say, am I called into being a focused missionary? Maybe there were a student going there. Am I called, now that I've been a focused missionary, am I called to some sort of parish life, right? The job of a DRE or something like that. Am I being called to seminary? Seeing all these young people discern this in this week, but not only in this week, but in their life, these young people were so formed, just sitting there. I went up to adoration one day for three hours and, and people didn't move. There were people coming in, but no one was leaving this massive room and just seeing and knowing that these young people are praying for what's next Lord or praying for what he's asking in their life. And it just spoke to me and reminded me always that we're called and where Brian and I talked about that and his story and his regard of being called to being a focused missionary and a, and in a, and, and now a seminarian, I just, it made me think of what I wanted to do on this episode mm-hmm. was just to really talk about and refresh with people that were called. We're starting 2023 and a lot of times we're spending time in our own spiritual life growing as we should, but sometimes we forget that the other call of Christ is to go and to live for our neighbors, for those around us. And as we've mentioned before, Victor, and as you mentioned the last year, that's where you find true joy. So, you know, today I think we need to start with the day that we're celebrating. Today is the is the feast of the baptism of our Lord. And I think it's important because you can't called if you don't you can't realize that you're called if you don't first realize that you were claimed. And today, as we read through those readings and we see, you know, Jesus walking up to John the Baptist and John saying, you should baptize me. And Jesus says, no, this is the way things have to be Mm -hmm. to fulfill scriptures. And so John does it. And then you hear, you know, our, our, our Lord, our father's voice from heaven come down and say, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. That's not just about Jesus in that moment. We're supposed to read that and realize that in our baptism, that God says that same thing to us and that he claims us and he calls us and he doesn't care about what we've done. He cares about what we have the potential to do. All the things that we might say disqualify us or that come to mind when we think about living the life that we're called to, we have to remember that God doesn't care about those things unless we refuse to repent of them. Then he Mm -hmm. cares about them. But if we come to repentance and say, Lord, like I, I understand you're claiming me. I want to be this beloved son or beloved daughter. If there's a, you know, women listening to this today, we realize that. And then we start to realize that we're called, right? He claims you and he calls you. What does he call you to? To a life that glorifies him. And so, you know, I think, Victor, what this looks like for most, when you think I'm called, well, yes, I am called. I'm called to live the Christian life, which translation means I'm called to go to church. I'm called to be a good person. I'm called to be a husband or wife that, that I should be. Um, I'm, I'm called to go to Mass once a week in, in holy days of obligation. And maybe that's the end of where our faith is. Or maybe you're nowhere near that. But we're called for so much more. And that's what I want to talk about today is just we're not called to just do these devotions or check off boxes in our own spiritual life. We're called to go out and live the call of the disciple, which is to go and make disciples, to bring people to our Lord so they can know what we've come to know.
Right. Well, you know, in the gospel, there's a there's not really a I guess like it's a double sided coin or anything, but there's a call and a witness. Right. Is right. we're all called to be witnesses, as you know, in the same term of what a calling is. And call is to kind of like change your behavior, but a witness is to speak in favor for Christ. Yeah. And that's the difference where people are. They're called, but they don't know how to speak for Christ, or they're unwilling to speak for Christ. Not because they don't believe, it's just that they don't know how to, or they they're, they may be, well, who can trust me? People know who I am, sure. or what I've done. Or who I've been. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of us kind of stay in that called uh, atmosphere of our lives and, and forget that we're also be, be called a witness, too, to share the gospel, to also teach people how to live according to the gospels. And it's, it's not easy because you have to step out of your comfort zone Step out of your circle circle of friends who may not totally agree with you, but yet, in a sense, you are called to do something, which is to be a witness for Christ. Sure. Yeah. Right. And and I think, you know, a lot of times if we're not careful, we talk about our personal relationship with Jesus all the time, mm-hmm. and that can be construed as, like, I just need to get me and Jesus right, and then it's just us, right? And, and it's me doing my thing. I go to Mass. I don't speak to anybody. I do my prayers. I leave. No, we're always called to be a witness, like not only through our words, but through mm-hmm. our, our actions. But we're actually supposed to go out and speak to people about Jesus. And that's one thing that I'm challenging myself this year is it would be easy for me to say, and you to say, Victor, well, we have this podcast. We're witnessing to people all the time. But who is it in my life or who are the two or three people this, this year in my life that I can see that are in my 10-foot radius that I'm called to walk closer with, mm-hmm. that I'm called to bring I'm, – I'm called, not Claude – called, thank goodness I'm not called, <laughs> called to bring closer to God, right? And we all have those. If we sit down and we look, we know the relative in our life, right? Maybe it's a, a sibling or a mom or a dad or somebody really close to us that isn't living the life that they're called to. Is that who God is pointing me to this year to to bring to him? Is it someone that's, that's in my parish that I know has maybe wanted to hang around or wanted to be involved in what we're doing and I haven't put out the best effort to include them? Like there's always these, maybe it's the woman I see, you know, when I go to the grocery store every time, it's the, the same teller that, that seems to, to, to have a depression or something about her, right? We, there's somebody always in our 10 foot radius that we can be watching for to see, okay, how can I bring the Lord to them in their life today? And I think we, we just sort of, if we're not careful, we fall into this being a Christian just means going up and, and checking my boxes and doing my thing and kind of, you know, staying insure, insure insulated and insularly into my family, right? It's just my wife, my kids, my job, what I'm doing right now. Oh, and if I happen to have an opportunity somewhere in all that to witness to the Lord, then I will. But we're actually supposed to be up. And one thing I pray for every day is to, is to wake up and say, Lord, put somebody in my life or in front of me today to, to talk to you, uh, talk to about you or to be a witness to. And if we're not doing that, then we're missing our call. It doesn't mean you've got to get on a stage or you've got to have mm-hmm. a podcast or, or you've got to write a book. It just means I have to be present to those people that are around me and realize and get out of myself, where's the Lord calling me to be a good witness today? Sometimes it doesn't even mean walking up and saying, do you know Jesus Christ? It's simply stepping out and doing something for someone that other people that have passed them by has done. It's mm-hmm. like being the good Samaritan in a lot of places, right? I'm going to stop. I'm going to to, to see this person, you know, right? to see them, to truly see them and, and for them to be to be present to them to let them know that they are seen and that they matter. There's all these things out there. And, and, and you know, in the last couple of weeks, as we've gone through the Christmas season, you know, we've read Isaiah 61. And then, you know, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that listen to this, that watch The Chosen. And 
Jesus was 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 in the episode was went back to Nazareth, and we all know that he reads from this this scroll or, or this part of the the uh, Old Testament when he goes. And so when I I started pondering about this myself, well, what does it mean to be called? What does it really mean? Does it mean to just simply fill out a form that I'm Catholic and, and check the boxes, or what does it mean? And and I think sometimes, as I said, we get caught into this kind of cook, cookie cutter Catholicism and. We're not the best evangelist, and so we just kind of get numb to what it really means to mm-hmm. be called. And so I want to read, like, just like in the baptism recount of of accounting of, of Jesus is being ba- of Jesus being baptized. Man, I can't speak today. I'm improper English everywhere. But uh, in in the in the recounting of Jesus's baptism, we see God say something specifically to Jesus. But we know, as we've been taught by the church and by priests and, and by the magisterium and all this, that this is God also speaking to us. Mm-hmm. That it is the living word, and we're called to read that and understand it in that way, that it's not just a message to Jesus in that time. It's God calling out to each and every one of us to claim us and call us a beloved son. So just in that same regard, as this prophecy of Isaiah is about Jesus, and Jesus reads it about himself, this is also what we're called to live and what we're called to be doing for others. And I, I pray with this, and every single time I read it, I get chills because it reminds me of like, this is what it means to be a disciple and to go and make other disciples. This is what we're being raised up for. But if we're not careful, we can just, it's like, well, I'm just called to go to church. Well, I'm just called to, to be friends with other Christians because it's easy. I'm not called to go out there outside of my parish walls and, and to speak to people I don't know and to, to introduce the good news to them. But that's exactly what we're called for. And this is what it says in Isaiah 61. And I pray this before I go up to speak a lot, especially this first part, to remind myself that when God claimed me, it wasn't just a claim. He gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And at that, at my confirmation, I chose and said, yes, I want you, and he sealed me with that gift, and now it's my responsibility to use it to go out and bring other people to him. So this is what's happening here. Isaiah 61.1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Man, that's just one through um, three, Mm -hmm. (laughs) verse three. But man, when you read that, when I read that, I don't know about you, man, but the hairs on my arms are standing up, and it's not just because I forgot to turn the heat on in here before we started. It's because this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that yes, God, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Scripture, but as we become disciples, that same call is put on us, right? The Spirit of the Lord has been put upon us, and we have to realize that and look at these things as what we're called to do, not just the priests, not just sisters, not just consecrated religious, but each and every one of us as lay people are called to live this sort of Christianity, this sort of Catholicism, to go out and bring others to this. And if we look at it through this lens, how could we not be excited about that opportunity? Well, kind of what you're talking about is the, I guess, the biggest development in the the Holy Spirit coming to life is living the right behavior. 
meaning that you sh- we shed our selfishness in order for us to truly be living within the kingdom of 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 heaven, but in the sense of here on earth with the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, that's what yeah. Christ, even Christ said: the kingdom is here, you know, because yeah. He's there, and and that's kind of what what we need to focus on is like what we are saying right there is that is that we are called, we are, you know, we are gathered in, and we are sought to you know to feed other people. Right. You know, that's 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 the greatness of being a witness and the greatness of being the call calling of, of Christ. Sure, because I think so many people wrestle with that. Okay, well I know I'm claimed, I know God claimed me and I know I'm called, but what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And this tells you right here, and I broke this down in between these things because basically this is the first line saying the spirit of the Lord uh, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, right? That means I've been anointed, right? That's when we've read other verses in the past, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, right? You've been anointed. You've been set apart for a purpose for something. And that may be bringing five people to him in your life. It may be getting your family closer, whatever that call is, but you've been anointed for it. That's the first part of that. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. We need to realize as Christians that just because I'm not a speaker, just because I haven't written a book, just because I'm not on a stage, just because I haven't made a video or I don't have a podcast— doesn't mean that the Spirit of God doesn't reside upon me and that as I'm riding in my car or working out or cutting my grass or whatever you're doing listening to this, that I am not called by the Lord God for a specific person to go out for a specific reason to go out and bring specific people to him, right? We all have gifts. We've talked about that. But the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. We need to realize that, that we're anointed. Why? Here's the amazing parts of this. To bring, the first thing it says is to bring good tidings to the afflicted. What does that mean? How many people in your life do you see that are afflicted with loneliness, with isolation, with brokenness, with depression, with all these things because they simply don't know that there is something and someone out there for them who loves them beyond fathom, right? Who 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 desires their their good above all things, who loves them more than they could even measure. And you are being, you have been given the good news. That's why we go to church on Sunday. Not just so we feel good about ourselves, but we're continually receiving the good news so that we go out and we're reminded and we share it with others. Every day, Victor, I walk by people. Look at the TV, look at the shows, look at TikTok, look at all this stuff with people that are just thriving for attention. They're depressed and lonely and isolated and hurt. The suicide rates, the drug use, all these things in the world. People are afflicted. Because they simply don't know there's something better for them out there. And this is a call in the scripture for for us to realize that it is us to bring good tidings to the afflicted. Good news to those in desperate need of it. We live in a world now, Victor, that is so upside down. It's not just for us to sit back and be angry about it. It's not just for us to sit back and say, when is somebody else going to do something about it? It's for us to realize we are the ones that have been called to do something about it and that we have the best news ever and we're supposed to go and share it. Then it says, bind up the brokenhearted, right? You can be an agent of healing to someone in need, right? An agent of healing. The Chosen again last night, I was watching with Angela and the kids and it was the episode where where um, the, the woman who had been hemorrhaging for years touches his garment, and then he also goes to Jairus' house and, and saves his daughter, right? The episode before that, he sends the apostles out, and it shows them healing people. It wasn't just Jesus, right? Jesus gave the power through them to heal, but they were also to be able, they were able to use that, that Holy Spirit, that power of Jesus, to heal. 
well beyond Pentecost and all of those things. We've been given that same power. So it, when it says bind up the brokenhearted, you can help heal those from physical wounds, from 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 emotional wounds, from spiritual wounds. We have the power to heal that comes to us through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Next, it says proclaim liberty to the captives. We have an opportunity to be a vessel of God's mercy to people that are so lost in things that, that they don't see a way out. But we can sit there and say, no, there's another way. Right? There's another way. And and God has used this ministry and you and I through through our testimonies and through our stories to tell people that you don't have to be the person you've been. There's a way out and there is an opportunity for you to be different. It goes on here to say, opening of the prison to those who are bound. We're called to be an agent of freedom to those stuck in vice and sin and addiction. Right? You don't have to be in that prison cell anymore. That's what vulnerability does for people. Victor, we've talked about that a bunch. When when I was in jail, I was in that physical prison cell. But every everybody out there that's listening is 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 in a in a virtual prison cell of their own sins and faults and mistakes and failures. And every time they o- try to open the door, the devil convinces them that that they're never going to be any better than that. But we can be the ones with the key to the cell door. Each one of us that are listening in the car, that are that, that wherever you're hearing this, wherever you're watching this. This is another call for God to say, you can be that person that brings my healing, all of these things, the good news, my mercy to people, right? It says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to become a beacon of hope, right? That this doesn't have to be like all the other years of your life, that you have an opportunity to change, to be different. You can't do it by yourself. Only through the grace of God and your surrender can you become something different, but it goes on to say, too, to comfort all those who mourn, to just be this fountain of good news and joy to people who are mourning, mourning for their own souls and don't realize it through the mistakes and the choices they're making, mourning for people that they love that have no hope. How many people have we heard in our men's group, Victor, where where we simply reached out to men that were lost and now they've come in and been found and they're healed and they're replenished? I can name plenty of those guys. I don't want to break anybody's you know privacy, but we've... We've experienced that. And it's not what you and I are doing as John and Victor. It's through surrendering to the call that we are called to get up every day and look at how we can bring people closer to Jesus. And so when I read this passage, it just reminds me of the call and and the great honor that we have. But just this suit, everybody wants to be a superhero. This is telling you you can be a superhero. Mm -hmm. That you can you can help so many people if you simply believe and understand this is what the call of a Christian is, is to live in this way, not some boring cardboard cutout that sits at church every weekend, but lives in what God is asking of him. Well, can I go back to those words at the beginning? It's like bind up and um, it says bind up, heal, and I'm reading, trying to read upside down. Yeah, but, bring tidings right. to the afflicted, the brokenhearted, so bring liberty to captives. It's, like a, it's not, like a, not a checklist, but it's an activity guide of these are the expectations I want you brothers and sisters to work towards each other. And like you talk about being a superhero, really the Good Samaritan is the, the superhero in, in the gospel yeah. because he showed compassion and mercy upon someone who was considered his enemy. Sure. I mean, how how humble is that? You know, and that's what Christ is saying. I want you all to be like Him. You yeah. Know, not be like saying, "Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm from a different uh, belief." You know, I'm. A, we're all there together to try to help each other out, and that's what what you're saying is that you know, 
comparatively together we can heal the the, the wounds of each other you know yeah. we can share the tears of of passing of of, of relatives or or children you know i mean there there's a lot of hurt in the world you know and it's a lot of undiagnosed hurt in a sense as well and like you said you know coming in faith and, and knowing christ is the balm for that grief right for well, that depression for that anxiety for everything that just kind of just can't get past yeah and, and we have to ask ourselves like everybody in this world I, I don't know anybody that hasn't been or won't be touched by cancer mm-hmm. at some point in their life i lost my mother i've lost you know my grandfather to it i've lost Same a lot here. of people yeah. to it which one of us if we had a a, a, a cure for cancer mm-hmm. would not give it to every person we know that had the potential of dying of cancer, which is every single one of us, right? If we had that, which one of us would not give everything we had to mass produce that, to give it to every single person that we knew, which is everybody that could be in jeopardy to dying of some sort of cancer. But yet, Victor, we have the best news ever. We have the greatest antidote to everything that is wrong in the world, and we just don't share it enough. We don't believe that we're called to do it. We don't believe we're we're formed enough or that we're equipped enough. But Jesus says even in the gospel, do not worry about what you're to say or what you're to do, right? Just believe in me, mm-hmm. right? He says, your faith has saved you. We have to have faith that we are who he says we are, that if we have given him our life, that we are beloved disciples and through him, us, he wishes to work, right? So these people that need healing in the world, all of us, myself, you included, we each can do that for each other. And it says in here, what is the point of all this? To proclaim the year of the favor of the Lord and the day of vengeance and to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them garland instead of ashes. Why? It says that they may be called oaks of righteousness, right? Oaks of righteousness so that we can become these pillars. If I think of an oak, man, I think of a of a hard unshakable tree you know when i see oaks i see these things that have been around forever that the winds can come and blow and as long as you've taken care of the tree they're never going to blow over right as long as you've trimmed it and made sure wind can get through it they're the hardest ones to break and to snap in bad weather i actually looked up like characteristics of oak and it says it, it describes it as this it's durable it's long lasting it's attractive like when you take the wood and you build something with it it's attractive it's less likely to warp. It's resistant to wear and tear, right? It, it it stains and polishes well. Resist again, you know, to clean up the bad spots. This this is what we're called to be are these oaks of righteousness and the faith for other people that when the bad times in our world like we're experiencing now with the confusion and all this to pull away from Jesus, we're the oaks that stand in that. But I feel like so many of us, including me for a long time in my life, have been willows right, that blow and shake in the wind with every new trend and every new fear and everything blows and has the whisk of breaking branches off and not surviving because we simply aren't grounding ourselves in what we're called to be, right? And when we ground ourselves in Jesus Christ, we can live the way that this calls us to. And I'm sorry, but this Isaiah 61 sets my heart on fire, man. It sets my heart on fire because this is what it means to be a Christian, and if we understand this, who wouldn't want to go out there and do this and be this? You know, God did something for me that I could not do for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do this all the time is because there's so many people that are out there. But yes, even within our 10-foot radius that we're called to bring this good news to. So my call to everybody watching this 
As we go into 2023, yes, build your own spiritual life. Spend your time reading books and reading the gospel and praying and going to daily mass and all the things that you know you, you need to do. But don't just let those things end with you. Who in your life can you walk with this year? Who in your life do you know that needs Jesus? Who's afflicted? Who is bound? Who's pr- imprisoned? Who doesn't? Who's mourning in your life? That you can go out and say, you know what, I know that life has thrown you curveballs. I know that life is hard. I know that you're down and out right now. But there's a God and his name is Jesus. And let me tell you what he's done for you. It may feel like right now that no one loves you. That you're set aside. That you're forgotten. That you're lonely. You're isolated. You may feel like you're never going to get out of a drowning pool of addictions. But there's someone who can reach down into that pool and pull you out. There's someone who wishes to give you a new life. Do you want to be healed? Do you wish to be healed? That's what Jesus asked of us. And that's the same question that we can ask of everyone in our life that needs that. Not through our power, but through what Jesus Christ longs to do through each and every one of us. That is the call of the gospel. And that is the way that we are called to live our life. Not in that cookie cutter, I'm just going to go to church and let that be the extent of it. And, and not grow into my faith, but to mature and to understand that we have been given a lifeline at some time in our life. And it's our job to turn around and throw that lifeline to someone else who desperately needs it. So who in 2023, in your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your job, in your employee circle, in your friendships, needs Jesus? And are you going to be bold enough to live and to spend time in Isaiah 61, realizing what this means and answering the call? My brothers and sisters, you are called not to be weeping willows that blow over in the wind, but oaks of righteousness. And together with your prayers, Victor and I hope to be that. And we pray for you that you can be the same as we walk through this year. So Victor, let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have called us. You've called us to serve you and to bring other people to you. Father, you call us to to heal the brokenhearted, to release the prisoners, to comfort those who mourn. These seem like big obligations, Lord, but these are things that you've uniquely called us to, to use the gifts that you've given us to bring people to you. Lord, let us have confidence in you and let us work through you, through your spirit, to bring those who need you to them this year, to help ourselves become oaks of righteousness, and to help others do the same. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.